0: The Jose Show. Jose Show. Jose Show. And welcome to another exciting episode of The Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. Uh, Tonight's episode is going to be talking about rental property. A lot of people want to rent, and a lot of people want to be landlords so they can own the property to make a nice little income that. they think they can make and you can probably make it you just have to make some minor sacrifices my father is a landlord and uh, I am the property manager and I was kind of threw in this about five years ago so I kind of had to learn on my own um, I had to do some research but my dad started buying property years ago and right now he is up to 13 rental units Um, He has several duplexes and homes that he's renting out. Now, right now, we're getting ready to um, sell a few houses because the taxes are just very high. And it depends on the state that you live in, whether you're in the county or whether you're in the city. So basically, when my dad uh, would go look for property to buy, um, obviously, you want to try to find the cheapest that you can get. And it's going to depend on the market, too. You want to kind of buy, and I'm no professional, you want to look at the market, like I said, get with a real estate agent, and look at several properties, because when you go to buy properties, uh, unless you have a lot of capital or money to back you, you don't want to buy something that uh, you're going to have to put a lot of money into, and then rent it. Um, You want something that's going to be kind of a quick turnaround, and that way you can uh, buy it and Maybe do some minor fixes and a little bit of paint. And believe it or not, it actually can look good just like that. So you can rent it to start turning a profit. Now, how much profit are you going to make? I guess it all depends on the size of the house, how many bedrooms. And I'm actually going to do a few episodes on landlord, uh, uh, on being a landlord. Uh, actually, in my case, I'm a property manager and just kind of give you some of the stuff that I have learned along the way. You have to do some research. Um, I'm pretty sure there's some Facebook groups that have landlords in it that you can kind of learn from them. But actually, each state is going to vary by state and by county. So you need to look up some of your local laws and some of the stuff you can and can't do. So I can't say that, well... You need to do this. You have to do your own research. Don't take what I'm saying that it'll work for your state or your county or your city. Do your own research. This is just kind of a guide to let you know of some of the stuff that we have run into. Now, in a few episodes later, when I start doing some more rental episodes, I'm just going to give you some of the horror stories that we have encountered having renters. And some of them are kind of crazy. And some of them are kind of weird, and some of them can be downright nasty. Now, once you buy a rental property and you have it fixed up and you're ready to rent, um, you need to be picky and you need to look at, uh, there's a few places online. I think it's called Tenant Cloud. I tried to figure that out, and I just really couldn't figure that out. So we use uh, Easy Landlord Forms. Um, I think it's easylandlordforms.com. Let me actually look that up. That way I can give you the precise website. I'm bringing it up now. Yes, it's easylandlordforms.com is what I use. Now, basically, before you let anybody in, obviously you want to show them the property, show them you know, if it's two-bedroom, three-bedroom, four-bedroom, bed- um, if it's got a porch, uh, if it has a backyard. You want to kind of sell that property to them because, obviously, you want them to come in so they can pay rent so you can make money. Now, it can be profitable, but you're going to have some setbacks along the way, too. So, normally, what I do with this Easy Landlord Forms, and it does uh, state-specific forms, um, you know, I always want to do a background check. And the reason why I want to do a background check, because I don't want somebody in there that's, you know, a two- or three-time felon that's... Uh, broken into multiple houses that maybe has a gun charge. Uh, maybe they killed somebody. You know, sometimes I'm kind of picky because, you know, if I have other tenants in the area, I want to protect them as well. Uh, so you have to you have to make up your own mind on how you want to do this. And we have all kinds of uh, people in there. We have uh, Spanish. We have uh, black people, white people. Um, so it doesn't matter who I rent to. As long as they're willing to pay the rent and to keep the property uh clean and neat, I don't have a problem with it. Now some landlords may look at uh their uh credit score. I don't look at the credit score so much. I mean, everybody has credit problems from time to time, even myself. And you know, I've had a few people say, "Well, my credit score is 540." I'm like, "That's that's not a big deal. Yeah, you probably had some setbacks in life." And that does happen. So I'm not really um, looking for that. Um, When I do the uh, easy landlord forms, it uh, sends them to one of the uh, three credit bureaus. I can't remember if it's TransUnion uh, or Experian. I don't remember exactly. But it gives me their full credit history, whether they've been evicted or not, um, how good they are at paying their bills, And I still, you know, make a judgment uh, to see, you know, if they're paying their bills constantly late, which it shows it by a little red square, then I may think twice before I rent it to them. But I'm the type of person that I like to give people a chance because, you know, we all have problems in life. And like I said, we all have setbacks. And sometimes you just have to be nice and you have to bite the bullet and rent it to the people. And sometimes you'll find out that that person that you rent to is probably one of the best renters that you have ever rented to. Now, we have several renters that uh, treat the home like it's their own. And I have been in some of the homes and they've fixed them up really nice that I wouldn't have a problem walking in there because it's clean, it smells good. But then we've had renters in the past that you would think that a hurricane went through the home And it stank and, I mean, some of the stuff that you would see in some of these homes just is not fit for human consumption, you know. And then that's when you have to kind of get tough and say, hey, look, you know, you're paying for this place, but you need to kind of keep it a little bit clean, you know, because you never know. You may want to sell the property and it's going to be kind of hard to sell a property when they walk into the house or the duplex and it just looks like literally like crap. And uh, so you'd be surprised at some of the stuff that uh, I have seen over the years because my dad actually has been a landlord for, I want to say, 25 years, close to it. Yeah, my daughter is 25, my oldest, and so my dad um, had started buying about 24 years ago. And uh, I know one year he actually bought two properties in the same year. That's because the economy tanked a little bit and houses were cheap And he was able to sweep up two of them. And we did some minor fixes to them. And we were actually on the market. They were actually on the market. And we rented them really fast. And one of them still has the same tenant in there. When we bought it many years ago. The other one my dad actually sold. Because it was just getting too old. And uh, so we just had to let it go. Now one thing you have to look for when you're buying a home to rent, whether it's a home or a duplex or a triplex, is do some research in that county and maybe pull up the property taxes and see how much, because it's all public record, and uh, see how much the taxes are for the current year, the year before that, and the year before that. So you got to understand when they do property taxes, if the area around that home is going up, well, then more than likely your property tax will go up as well. And then if the property values start going down, then more than likely your property will go down. Now, we have some instances this year on some of my dad's properties where one property went down, but the other went up. And then the prior year, it was the opposite. So let's just give you an example. A few years ago, my dad was paying about $12,000 a year in taxes on all his rental income. It's now over about $16,000, close to sixteen point five thousand dollars a year for property tax. So my dad always had a rule of thumb, never let your account go, go below $20,000 because in case you have some kind of minor setbacks like an air condition breaks down or a pipe burst in the wall and there's a flood or some kind of electrical uh, appliance causes it to go on, get on fire. Or one year my dad had a tree uh, fall on top of the roof. So stuff like that, you want to have money to back you up just in case something like that happens. Um, and like I said, look at the property tax. And I don't know, I think the city may be higher in property tax than the county at least in my area, which is in Florida, it seems to be that way. But you have to do your own research. It may be the opposite in your county where the taxes are higher in the county than in the city. Now, you also have to look at when you buy property, do you want to buy property that has city water or a well? Well, we have properties that have both. To me, city water is the best because – If anything breaks, basically the city has to come out and fix it. If you have a well, well, (laughs) no pun intended, you have to take care of that well. You have to call a person out there, and it may take them a day or two. Well, generally wells, they probably can come out earlier, and uh, we've had wells where we've had to actually pull them up because they have a foot valve at the bottom, and either the foot valve breaks or as it's turning on and off, it twerks, and it rubs the wire against the casing, and it causes a short. So we've had to pull up wells several times. We try to maintain our wells because they're not cheap. Um, depending on how far down you go, a well could cost you three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars or more, and that's a lot of money, especially if you had to redrill the well. Now, there's some properties that uh, we have that we could actually hook up to city water, but then again, Uh, it's going to cost money because you have to uh, pay to have a line to connect to the city water, and that can be kind of expensive as well. So there's a lot of things that you have to look into before you buy your first property. Now, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I've been watching my dad, and plus the many years that I've been doing property management, I've been learning a lot, and believe it or not, I'm still learning. I mean, not a day goes by that I'm like, man, what do we do now? And I look to my dad for guidance because, you know, he is a carpenter by trade and pretty much he upkeeps the properties, which makes it nice. Now I can do minor things to the properties like paint um, and stuff like that, pressure wash. And uh, there may be a few other minor things like changing the doorknobs, changing the AC filters, stuff like that. But when it comes to something big uh, like changing out a door, I'm no expert of that. Now, my dad is. He's probably installed hundreds of doors in his lifetime. He's almost 81, and he actually still does this kind of stuff. Now, one thing my dad has always done when he has bought property, he has tried to um, make it a little bit better so that way you know, the people can have something extra. Like uh, duplexes that he bought years ago, he actually... Put a porch um, on each duplex, so that way they could sit outside and you know maybe have like a little barbecue or maybe smoke or something like that. And uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. You're listening to the Jose Show. In case you haven't heard, the Jose Show is now on the radio every Monday at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Turfs Up Radio. That's TurfsUpRadio.com. And we're back. Yeah, we have to do like a little mini commercial because I am on the radio and uh, you're listening to The Jose Show and we're talking about being a landlord. Now, like I said earlier in the podcast, we'll go over some of the horror stories of being a landlord. And so I may turn this into a two, possibly three episode ordeal. Now, they won't be side by side in episodes. Um, this episode will probably air And then maybe two or three weeks later, uh, the other episode will air. So there's just a lot of things that you have to look at before you decide to buy your first property. And once you do buy your first property, start saving up the money. And, you know, hopefully maybe in a couple of years, you can uh, put that towards another property and kind of boost your income a little bit more. Now, what price should you charge for your two-bedroom duplex? three-bedroom home, four-bedroom home, five-bedroom home. That's entirely up to you, but you need to look at the market in your area and decide how much you want to charge for that property and how much deposit you want to charge. Now, some states have a limit on how much of a deposit you can charge. Um, I know some states, I believe, you can charge a deposit equal to the rent. So let's say if you rent uh, this property for eight hundred. dollars you can charge $800 deposit. In Florida, from what I've researched, you don't have a limit, but obviously you don't want to make the uh, deposit so high that nobody wants to rent it because uh, that would be kind of crazy to do. Now, the deposit, um, put that in a separate account and, you know, just hold it. So when the tenants move out, um, before you give it back to them, you obviously go in there and inspect the home and, you know, Minus normal wear and tear. Uh, you know, if the walls are a little scuffed up from from the hands from being greasy or maybe a shoe mark or something like that, not a big deal. But if you go into the house and, you know, there's holes all in the wall, there's holes in the door, the uh, refrigerator or freezer doesn't shut because maybe the magnet uh, is, like, messed up from where the dog may have chewed it. Um, sometimes my dad puts... Uh, blinds in so if the blinds are damaged where they're they just kind of crinkle them up or maybe they had an animal and you know stuff like that so we look at all kinds of stuff like that and currently we have a list that we give the tenants and we uh, charge them for everything that they break so right now we're giving back a full deposit to two tenants because they kept it in pretty good shape and we don't have a problem but there has been tenants in the past that man, let me tell you, they they left the property in such a disarray that it cost money to go in there and clean it up and, you know, do a paint job. And it's good to do a paint job pretty much every time somebody moves out unless the person that moved out decided to paint it for you and, you know, you gave them the permission to paint it back the same color that it was uh, when they first got in there. Now, my dad is partial to white on all his properties, But a lot of times people ask, hey, can we paint it this color or that color? And we don't have a problem. But if you do that, it's coming out of your own pocket and not ours because we already painted it once. We're not going to spend the money to paint it. And I didn't realize how expensive paint can be, Uh, like Sherwin-Williams. And, you know, you got some other ones like Dutch Boy. Man, paint is just so expensive. I mean, you can get Walmart paint. It's a little bit cheaper. It just depends on your preference and how much you really want to spend, and uh, but I tell you, it can it can run lots of money. So generally, we don't charge uh, to repaint the property because it is normal wear and tear. So you know, you could go to Home Depot, Lowe's, or even your local Ace Hardware and get paint. And you know, some people don't like white. I'm not partial to white uh, myself because white tends to get dirty. Um, So, you know, if you're a person that likes to paint blue, paint blue, paint brown. It's whatever your preference is and whatever you like. Uh, Let's see if I could think of some other stuff. Now, uh, the deposit, you know, it just depends on the uh, property that we have. Obviously, you know, we have one home that has five bedrooms that we're actually getting ready to sell. The deposit usually is equal to the amount. So if we rented it for $1,500, we're gonna get a fifteen hundred deposit, and sometimes that deposit doesn't even cover the damage that the people have done, and a lot of landlords you know can take the tenant to court because hey, you know you uh you messed up this property and it well exceeds your deposit and I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of landlords do, but to take it to court, it's gonna cost a lot of money, you gotta set a court date. And now with this COVID, I don't even know if they do in-person court. And if they do, it's going to be very limited, and it may take a, a long time to actually get in there. And now we're dealing with, uh, I guess, the uh, what do you call it, the eviction moratorium. I don't know how true this is, but it has been extended to the end of March. Now, stuff like that, you need to do a research um, in your local municipality Uh, city, state, county, or whatever, to find out if there is such a moratorium. Because let me tell you, if they stop paying rent, it is crazy. Because we've had three people that stopped paying rent, and it's costly. We've lost uh, close to $20,000 last year because of COVID. And thank goodness that, you know, we were able to survive because, you know, My dad knows how to save and he's teaching me how to do the same thing. Yes, I'm 49 years old and I should have learned how to save a long time ago, but I'm doing a lot better than what I used to do when I was younger. So, you know, there's just a lot of things to look at Um, when you do an eviction. Of course, you got to hire a lawyer unless you know how to do it or you can get a paralegal to file all the paperwork for you. And it can actually be a nightmare sometimes and, the last eviction that we did end up costing a little over a thousand dollars and the lady owed just about five thousand bucks so you're looking at about a six thousand dollar loss right there and that you can never never recoup once it's gone it's gone and you know it's like goodbye chuck you have no choice but to eat it so Hopefully, uh, you got an insight on what it's like to be a landlord. Now, as far as the property buying, like I said, check with your local real estate agent. We have a local real estate agent that we work with and uh, let them help you find the right property that will fit your wallet because you don't want to get something that's going to be a dump and you're going to stick a lot of money into it and then it's not really going to be worth it. So stay tuned for a future episode or two on being a landlord and well i guess you could call it being a property manager which is what i am and let me tell you it's a lot of paperwork and it can be a headache and then i will uh give you a few horror stories of uh some properties that we've had to actually clean up in the past and you know it will make you think twice maybe before you decide that hey I think I want to be a landlord, and this is going to be for me because I'm going to make lots of money. Now you can make lots of money if you decide that you're going to constantly buy properties. And, uh, hey, good for you. You know, just take care of them, and uh, you probably will do good. I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, please uh, share the show. Uh, the show notes will have, uh, of course, my email, which I'm not going to give it out anymore because it's constantly changing. So look at the show notes. Make sure you check out Turfs Up Radio, which I'm a part of now. And that's every Monday at 1 p.m. on Turfs Up Radio. That's turfsupradio.com. And once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please share this podcast with your family, friends, and maybe your enemies because sometimes the best people that like shows are enemies of the show. (laughs) So, all right. Thank you and have a good day. Thanks for listening to The Jose Show. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And see you next time on The Jose Show.